to NPO Sports Podcast. This is, I believe, the 10th episode of the year, and we're going to make it all about combat sports instead of chopping and changing between sports. Our whole focus will be primarily on the UFC 281 card that just took place on Sunday, and this is actually the Wednesday following that we hit record. I'm joined by Woody. How are you, Woody? Yeah, going well. Still still happy that um, Izzy got knocked out, so we're in a good spot. Well, it can't be bad. And um, our com- well comrade in arms has actually been given a governor's pardon and is back playing basketball, so no Jeremy Wolf tonight, uh, listeners. So um, <clears throat> And let's a- be honest, combat sports isn't his forte anyway. Yeah, no. Well, one would say after the way he played um, that alleged basketball game, there was a bit of combat sports. <laughs> May have been with Alleg- his, allegedly. Yeah, I don't know if it was with his tongue or if it was um, <clears throat> with actually physically doing it. But anyway, let's get on to the main card and we'll just talk fight by fight. Uh, just to let the listeners know, Woody actually sat down and um, bought the pay per view and watched it. Um, unfortunately, I did get the invite, but I couldn't make it because I had a club function at the local bowls club. So um, Woody has actually seen every fight, <clears throat> so I'll uh, try and run him through how he saw the fight. So the first one was a lightweight tussle between Dan Hooker and Claudio... How do we get his... See, I, I knew you'd stumble on your son. Oh, Puelis. <clears throat> Puelis, all right. It doesn't look like Puelis, but anyway... Um, Dan Hooker got the chocolates with a KO, TKO in the second round at the f- four-minute mark and six seconds in. <clears throat> How'd that one play out? Um, it, just one-way traffic, really. Um, Dan Hooker looked sensational. He'd lost four of his last fights, going four of his last five coming into this. He's the Kiwi lad, yeah. Yeah. Um, he looked very, very good. So, um, yeah, just just put on a clinic. He's <clears throat> looked in good shape, um, and just yeah, he he actually so it went by TKO, but it was actually the the body kicks, the teeps that did the damage. So yeah. those front kicks that get in right under the ribs did a lot of damage. He hit him with about three of those, and and he just dropped. It was. It was sensational to watch, actually, for for myself, who's uh, a bit of a, uh, a fan of the Muay Thai. Yeah. Um, just to see those teeps do that damage was amazing. Okay. So, <clears throat> excuse me, before the fight started, you would have gone with Hooker anyway? Yeah, yeah, I did, yep. I had him had him in a multi, but I also had... Um, Adesanya? No, no, not Adesanya. I had um, Brad Riddell. In, in the prelims on the multi as well, so that that, that failed. But um, yeah, Dan Hooker, very very impressive. So he's back on the winners list and um, looking very very good. Okay, so then after the Dan Hooker fight, we moved on and we had Frankie Edgar in his last ever fight, and he was put to sleep in the first round, only two minutes one second in. Yeah, this this didn't last long and. From very early on, it looked like it was going to finish this way. Um, look, <coughs> so yeah, Frankie, he, he goes out. And, and it seems to be a trend with these guys that sort of get over the age of 36, 37. They're 
and they have their last fight, they they tend to get stopped more often than not. And um, that was definitely the case again here with Frankie Edgar. But um, yeah, unfortunately, his career's over and he got knocked out. But geez, he gave us many, many highlights in his time. What about um, the fellow that got the win? Um, do we see a future for Chris him? Chris Gidiaz, yep. <coughs> He's a very, a very astute striker. Um, it was just <clears throat> very clinical from him. Um, be good to see him fight some more higher ranked opponents now. Um, look, a, a big name win over Frankie Edgar is a good thing, but when you got, when you take into account that um, Frankie Edgar's forty one years old and he was in his last fight, um, yeah, it's a bit like um, some of those later BJ Penn fights. Yeah, that's right. Um, so that's easily the biggest win of. <coughs> Gutierrez's career um, but yeah it'd be good to see him start fighting some some top 10 guys so we can really see where he's at because um, yeah, he hasn't hasn't fought any really really solid names other than and Frankie but as I said it's a, a post prime Frankie Edgar but um, yeah unfortunately we won't get to see Frankie or He's been one of the most exciting fighters to watch for the last 10 or 12 years anyway. Um, he's given us many, many highlights. More, but we... His, um, his trilogy with Grey Maynard was sensational. Um, and just the heart and the fight that he has in him. Um, if you look at one of the... The fight, the draw with Grey Maynard, he got dropped and nearly stopped in the first round and then he comes back for the draw... Um, just he doesn't have quit in him, um, so you've actually got to put him out to stop him, and that's what Gutierrez did. Yep. And from the bantamweight fight, we went on to a lightweight tussle between Dustin Poirier and Michael Chandler, and Poirier gets the submission two minutes into the third round. Um, this was an absolute cracker of a fight, um, which, to be honest, if I said to you... What do you think is going to be fire the night before Before any bell rang? You'd probably pencil this one in, wouldn't you? <clears throat> What's funny, listening to uh, Chael, um, I, I think it was his pre-card analysis of what was going to happen, was talking about how this was probably the fight that they first signed for 281 and knew that they had a good thing going just on having that, let alone before they ended up with the two title matches. Well, on any other card, this is a main event or a co-main event, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and it's been pushed down to middle of the main card just because we've got two title fights there. But, um, yeah, Dustin Poirier, he he got the, the su- submission win there with re-naked choke in the third round. But um, it was a very, very close fight. Um Chandler, I think he he dominated. Well, not dominated, but clearly won the first round. Um, and it was just a lot of heavy hands exchanged. Um, I think he made a mistake towards the end of the first round. I think it was where he had he had Poirier. He was beating him on the feet. He's still obviously taking shots himself because that's the way both of them fight. They land a lot of punches, but they also open themselves up to get hit a lot. Um, but. Yeah, I think he had the better of the exchanges on the feet. And then, I don't know what it was, but maybe he knew he was taking some big shots himself um, or he was getting a bit tired, but he went for the takedown. Um, and I just feel that towards the end of that first round, if he had stayed on the feet, he probably could have stopped Poirier. Okay. Um, and then, yeah, in the second round, 
there's a bit more wrestling and grappling, but um, before Dustin eventually got the win in the third, but it was a great fight. Was it a showing of the times, um, or did I get it wrong? Did Chandler call out um, Conor McGregor? Uh, oh, he's something on that line. Didn't he? He doesn't really call anyone out as such. He just he's happy to fight anyone any time. Right. He just. But I thought he was linked to McGregor after post fight or no? I don't remember hearing that. But no, okay. um, I might be dreaming. So but... just just <clears> going to quickly go through Michael Chandler's record. Um, so he's got. He's got eight losses in his career. And he's only had the one run of three in a row. Yeah. But those... Well, three lost three of his last four fights now. Yeah. But let's let's look at the guys that he's actually lost to. So he lost to Eddie Alvarez yeah. um, in 2013 when he was fighting <laughs> for Bellator. Right? <clears throat> so that was in a title fight. Yeah. Right? And Eddie Alvarez... Um, we all know how good a fighter he is. Um, and then his next two losses, so three losses in a row, um, to Will Brooks, both in title fights. Yeah. Um, Will Brooks is no slouch for those that followed Bellator. Um, I don't think he's had a fight in a long time, actually, Will Brooks, but he was very heavy striker as <clears throat> he well. He retired. Uh, I know he had a fight early in mid-year, actually. Oh, there you go. There you go. Um, Brent Primus, he lost to him in another Bellator championship fight. What's he doing fighting brothers? Of Bellator were title. In, in title fights. Yeah. Um, and then he had another loss where another title fight to Prochizio Pitbull. And then we look in the UFC, his losses in the UFC. Actually, no, go, go to his wins first. So he's beaten Dan Hooker and yeah. Tony Ferguson. And he's lost to Charles Oliveira, Justin Gaethje, and Dustin Poirier. Did he so, get finished in any of them? Yeah. So in the Oliveira fight, he lost by KO. But yep. that was, again, that was in a title fight. Yeah. <clears throat> so up until that point, he's had six losses in his career, all in title fights. Um, and then, yeah... He fights Gaethje and Poirier and loses both of them. But they're both championship-caliber fighters as well. So um, let's not get too carried away on um, Michael Chandler losing because he only loses to the best of the best. Yeah. Um, so let me think. Uh, Islam's the lightweight champion, isn't he? Yep. The difference is the two blokes that you just said, um, Poirier and who was the other one? Gaethje. Gaethje, let's be honest, Islam would possibly make him intermediate of those two. Oh, with his wrestling and takedown yeah. ability, yeah. So, <clears throat> in fairness, my point is, in that division, you're probably looking at potentially a big gap between the champ and the next best. Uh, at the moment, um, with his wrestling, I think, yeah, you say that, <clears> but <throat> I think there's enough capable strikers in there to put him out. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk more about that um, after we get through the list anyway because that leads us to February next year. Uh, then we went into uh, the women's strawweight where Zhang is now a two-time champion. Yep, so yep, she's taken the belt for the second time. Um, so yeah, she she beat um, Carla Esparza in the, sec- in the <clears throat> second round. Um, 
Yeah, one-way traffic, I think, Esparza. If you look at the top three in the women's strawweight division, so it's Esparza, Zhang, and Rose Namahunas, I think on any on any given day, they're the top three, but I think... I still think the better one is Rose out of the three. Yeah, so Rose... I think Rose has Zhang covered. Zhang has Esparza covered, and I think Esparza's best chance of beating the other two is Rose as well, just because of the way they match up stylistically. Yeah, I just don't think um, she'll... If she was to fight Rose again, I don't think we'd see the same result, because I think Rose took it a bit casual. Yeah, maybe not, but <clears throat> I mean, it's still... If, if you're the third best in the division behind <clears throat> those two, it'd mean it's... No... <clears throat> doesn't mean you, you're no good. Like, they are as good as it gets. So who does Zhang defend against um, first up? Will it be Rose? Well... She's the standout, I think, but I, I don't think she's had a fight since... Since dropping the title. Since <clears throat> dropping the title, so depends which way. You're never going to guess what Dana's going to do because he's got his favourites. But, um, yeah, I think maybe maybe does she have to go back? She's, she's beaten Whaley twice um, already, so maybe that's... <clears throat> maybe that's a, an option. Um Jessica Andrade, maybe. Um, she fought back in April. So maybe it's one of those two. I can't really see anyone outside of How of deep's those. the strawweight division? Well, I don't think it's very deep. Once you get past <clears throat> those four. Because so um, Joanna Yojacek, she's... I think she's as good as retired now. Well, she, I um, think she did officially retire. Or she officially retired. retired. Yeah, she left the gloves in the... That's right, she did too. So <coughs> she left the glass I think, yeah, off. maybe there's only those four. Um, and and look, I think Rose had um, Joanna's number anyway, so she was probably yeah, that's right, you know. yeah. But uh, let's let's be honest, <coughs> Joanna, she is an exciting fighter anyway. So I mean, that that would have been a handy top five for the for the division. But yeah, um, yeah, I think Rose is probably next in line, even though she's most recently coming off a loss. Okay. All right, so, and then we went to the second main event, which, look, for most people, it was probably going the way um, they would have thought, you know, potentially a ground-out five-round win to the champion. And it certainly was looking that way. But then, um, at two minutes and one second into the last round, uh, Priera caught Adesanya on the cage. Yep. Um, so, at... Coming into the last round, I think some people think that it was 3-1 in maybe Adesanya's favour, but I reckon it was 4-4-0. I don't think he dropped around. Most, most of that I've heard have said 4. I, I think Cormier said at best 3-1. At best. You could make a case that Pereira potentially maybe... The second round, was it? Yeah. yeah. Um, he got hit with a massive shot right on the bell at the end of the first round too. Um Kudos to him to... I know the bell probably saved him, but kudos to him to, to, come, you, back. to come back with the break because usually that break's not long enough. You're no. still buzzing when you yeah. come back. No, he settled really well, actually, um, after that. So, yeah, it wasn't too bad. And then, you know, he comes back and arguably won the second round. I still don't think he did. Um, and then, yeah, round three and four, um, they both tried takedowns, actually, which probably didn't expect. Um, Izzy got on top for a little bit didn't really do a lot of damage but definitely won the round from the dominant position 
Um, Did, I'll ask you this question because obviously a lot of people out there um, believe Izzy can't wrestle, and I still believe that myself. When he was on top, did he really do anything that makes him look like he knows what he's doing? No, no. I think it just... <clears throat> he got top position very easily, but I think it was more because Pereira's got very little wrestling experience. Um, if it had been someone who'd been in MMA a bit longer and had a bit more wrestling experience under their belt, then he probably wouldn't have been it's, able it's to stay inter- on top it, for as long as he did. It's actually interesting because Pereira, doesn't he train with... Um with Love. Glover Teixeira, yeah. yeah. Uh, but again, he, he hasn't been in MMA for that long, really. So uh, it's probably only a couple of years' experience he's got there. I tell you one thing, though, that um, from what I've heard from all reports um, that I did respect is um, Piera's corner didn't bullshit him. They didn't try. No, they tried. They didn't try and sugarcoat the situation. Yep. They've basically said you got to win it this round. Yep. So yeah, in the, coming into the last round, they just said to him, "You got five minutes to be the world champion." <coughs> yeah, pretty much. You got to um, win, win win this round by so, knocking him out. So I think he because he I think he actually asked at some point, "Do I need to knock him out?" Yeah. And they said, "You got five minutes to become the world champion." So yeah. and and you see it all the time, like. As you said, the corners will bullshit the fighter and say, you know, even if it's only a three-round fight and you've clearly lost the first two, they'll say, oh, you know, you're still in this, you know, you've won a round. There's no point telling the fighter that. Well, and let's be brutally... Just be honest with them. Let's be brutally honest, though. With the way some of the decisions go in the UFC, you might think you've won three rounds and you're just not guaranteed. No, why would you risk it? That's right. Um, The best part about that last round was, though, um, and I actually... Because I was watching it at my place with a few mates. Yeah. And I actually said... To him, Izzy keeps backing up. When he's backing mm-hmm. up, he's opened himself up to get sh- hit. Yeah. And, and that's what happened. He kept backing up. Um, Pereira knew that he had to come forward. He did that. Um, he landed some shots. Izzy got backed up against the cage. And um, then then he landed a massive left hook. Caught him right on the chin. Um, and a few mm-hmm. more shots. And Izzy was looking to go down. And the ref stopped, stopped the fight, which... A lot of the Izzy Dick riders will say, oh, it was an early stoppage, but let's be honest, he was out on his feet, and from what I saw, he, he, looked, he was looking at the ground. He was, he was spent. Well, as I said to you before I hit record, I was a bit disappointed Pierre didn't actually, when he, so he went down, use a knee. Well, that would have been even better. And it would have been within the to... rules because no, no, he didn't have his knees on no, the ground. There, there was no hand on the ground <clears> or anything, but... No, that's right. No, um, I think it was a good stoppage, Um you know, you'd, it, even if you want to argue it was an early stoppage, what, what's the point in arguing over two or three shots? Because well, Izzy wasn't defending himself. <clears throat> no. He was on the way down. He'd already eaten four or five shots. <coughs> um, and Mark Goddard was the referee. And his job is to protect, protect the, fighters. the fighters. So um, he's, he's seen <coughs> um, Izzy take a few big shots, a couple more shots that weren't as big, wasn't defending himself, wasn't fighting back. That's a stoppage to me. Well, to, to me, um, people go on about you know early stoppages or late stoppages, which, to be honest, the other end of the scale of late stoppages is when you're a poor referee because yep. someone can get seriously hurt. But the other thing um, for me is they'll go, oh, you know, this referee's no good. We need to um, look at what the referees are doing, etc. like that. I actually think the other way. We need to look at what the judges are freaking doing because I think yeah. they have more of an influence on the, than what the ref does. Yeah. The ref has to make a split-second decision, so I, I respect that. But the judges, yeah, 
how often have they done a dodgy um, result? Oh, it happens all the time, and not just not just in in MMA. We see it more more often in boxing too. We do, and we we might even flirt with that after we finish with the UFC because um, there is something that happened from about thirty years ago that's yep. um, still a bit, news. A bit pertinent. Yeah, but um, so I guess the, the the scenario is there's a lot of talk that um, Izzy should be given an automatic um, rematch um, because you know he was winning the fight um, four from four rounds wise. And, um, you know, it was, some say, a lucky knockout. I, I disagree. But just on what I've read on social media and some of the comments, for me, it's just a repeat of their second fight in kickboxing where Izzy was supposedly winning round by round and he got iced. Yeah. So, really, why does he deserve <clears throat> an immediate rematch? <clears throat> Knowing what we know... Um, that's probably likely the case that he will get the rematch. We know that, the way that the UFC operates. But <clears throat> the thing for me is, <clears throat> in, in even in their two kickboxing fights, um, Pereira won the first one by decision. The second one, Izzy was probably winning the fight. Yeah. Got knocked out. In this one, clearly winning the fight. Got knocked out. Um, Pereira's beaten him three times. Knocked him out twice over two different disciplines so I don't know that you can really make too many arguments yeah. for Izzy really because there's, there's a, the Alex Pereira puzzle Izzy can't figure out no. because this fight went similar to their last kickboxing fight where Izzy was winning yeah. clearly and then gets knocked out so uh, and, and the thing for this too is you got to realise in kickboxing they're only three minute rounds mm. um, so this this went Two minutes into the last round, which means it's 22 minutes in. Yep. Pereira's never had a fight close to that. Like, he, he, he usually fights over three three-minute rounds. Yep. So he's gone two and a half times what he's used to and can still come forward and still find that heart um, and have that power to finish in the last round. That's And, and if they do have a, a, a rematch... Um, Pereira's already in Izzy's head. Like, how can he not be? Yeah. Three uh, wins, <clears throat> two knockouts. It's hard to overcome mentally. But if the UFC were consistent, they would say, Izzy, you've got to go away and win, win another fight first. That's what they did to Rob. Well, and if you look too for a more recent experience, and the Rob's a bit... Rob Whitaker's a bit different because I think you've got a little bit more leeway or a bit more right to a rematch if you were the champ going into the fight. Um, but more recently, look at um, the Yuri Husker fight and Glover Teixeira. Teixeira was the champ. <clears throat> He'd probably won at least three of the first four rounds. Mm. 30 seconds away from retaining the title and then gets caught in a submission with 30 seconds to go in the last round. Mm. And he doesn't get a rematch. So if that's the blueprint, then oh, but, but, Izzy I, needs to get back in line. No, but Rob Whitaker <clears throat> was the champ the first time. He got stopped though. Yeah, but so did Izzy. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, doesn't matter when you got stopped, you still got stopped. Yeah. So that's the, the the problem with Dana is there's no consistency because he he does play favourites and he that's just what he does. He's done it time and time again with Conor McGregor. Now he's moved on to Adesanya. He has his <clears> favourites. He denies that he does, um, but we just know that he, he rides 
certain guys harder than others. Yeah, and, I'm, and talking about um, the other way around, Dana Lovers, I do sense that Chael's a bit of a Dana Lover. He never really challenges some of the stuff. Oh, I, I, I think <coughs> that the reason for that is, is if you listen to, you're obviously referencing Chael's podcast. Yes. <clears throat> I don't think he gets caught up in that stuff. I think it's more he likes to look to things from a different angle to everyone else. So he's, he's trying to talk about stories and events from a different angle to everyone else. Um, and honestly, I, I think it's more because he doesn't, he doesn't really talk that much about Dana. I just don't uh, think... He, he does talk about him as far as um, making fights. Yeah, but that's it. I, I actually get more of the feeling that Dana's almost irrelevant to him. And that's mm. why he doesn't talk about him. Uh, I, I sense that whenever he's, whenever he talks about the science of making fights and cards, he talks about Dana. But what I'm getting at is he's never <clears throat> picked the inconsistencies where yep. certain p- fighters will get a hurdle. Yeah where Adesanya will probably just get a straight run. Yeah, but as I said, though, I think it's because he doesn't really have that much time for Dana, I don't think. And again, everyone else talks about that sort of stuff. Mm. Whereas if you listen to his podcast, he likes to talk about things that no one else is talking about. Well, the only two I really give time to bring up um, a similar topic, but look at it from a completely different angle than everyone else. So the only two I really listen to is obviously um, You're Welcome with um, Chael and also I Don't Mind the Bispin one. Believe You Me, yep. Which has actually got Anthony Smith on it now. Oh, he's good value too. And they actually... Oh, actually, I've heard a couple of them together, yeah. and um, they actually do work well together. Those yeah, they're two. the pick of them. I, I'm a bit. I, I, they're they're my two favourite ones as well. But I actually, and this is not a lot of people. Well, hang on, I'm not going to say a lot of people. But, uh, what a lot of people won't admit to, but I will. Yeah. Um, I like Brendan Schaub's podcast okay. as well. People say that they don't, but it's one of the top rating ones. So. Yeah. I think he's like the um, the Nickelback of MMA podcasting. Um, yep. Everyone says that they hate him, but the numbers don't lie. Um, another one that actually was good to listen to, and it's not um, primarily um, what, what you would say um, usually an MMA one, but it's the uh, podcast with, um, oh, what's her name, Renee... Oh, I'll have a look. Uh, it's... It had um, cupcake in it with a cupcake Tate. No, I don't. Um, no, I'm not familiar with that one. Yeah, I'll tell you what it's called. Uh, the Sessions uh, with yep. Renee Park- Parquet. That's um, John Moxley's uh, wife. Yeah, I've never never heard of it. Um, she she um, flirts with uh, quite a bit of um, of basically. You know, mixed martial arts, boxing, etc., like that. And her and um, Misha Tate were actually doing some together, which I haven't seen a new one come up for a while. I'm just flicking through to try and find out. It may not be the sessions, it may be that's a solo one, uh, but it's well worth a listen. Um, the sessions. No, it must have been the sessions. And at one stage she had. Oh, no, 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 sorry. Throwing Down, and that's um, with Renee and Misha. Yeah, okay. And they actually talk about quite a bit of, um, you know, they'll talk a bit of pro wrestling, they'll talk mixed martial arts, they'll talk boxing, 
Um, like they broke down one of their episodes in June was breaking down UFC two seven five with Anthony Smith. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, they're, they're well... Have to check that one out. I've never even heard of that, so yeah, mate, no, I might need to check that out. I don't think they've made one for a little while. <clears throat> yeah, I'll, um... Might add that to me... To me playlist and check it out. Yeah, it's worth having a listen to. Yeah, and also the sessions is quite good too. All right, so let's say a scenario plays out. Um, oh, cause I've got a question for you. Okay, so it looks like they talk a bit of... Uh, Professional wrestling as well. Yeah, they do. Things. Yes, yeah. because as I said, um, Renee is married to John Moxley. Yep. Um, yeah, okay, might be worth checking out. Now, what I was going to say is scenario with Adesanya. Let's say hypothetically, Piera is told he's fighting Rob Whitaker before Adesanya. Let's say Rob Whitaker wins the fight. Then Adesanya gets the first shot at Rob Whitaker. Yep. If the fight played out the same way as um, the second meeting, mm-hmm. as in it went the distance. <clears throat> yep. Because there was a few that said yeah, there was arguments that Rob could have won the fight. Well, even we, we mentioned Charles Sonnen a bit here. Um, yep. He said that he thought that Whitaker won that that rematch. So, yeah, did, Whitaker definitely closed the gap between the first fight and the second fight. So my question is, if we had the similar fight, does Whitaker win it because he's holding the title? Is that... Um, yeah, I think so. Do you and hear what I'm trying to say? Like, yeah. is it because you've got to take the title from the champ? I think so, and I think that's fair too. Like, if you if you go into a fight as the champion, that's got to come with some advantage, doesn't it? So, 100%. So, and I've got no issues with if it's a close fight, even if judges admitted that it was a close fight, so I gave it to the champ, mm. I've got no issues with that. I think as the champion, um, if, that's the, if that's the decision the judges come to, you've earned that right by walking in with the belt. And yeah, if to be the champ, you got to beat the champ, don't you? So if it's a if it's a close round, why wouldn't you give it to the champ? I reckon if if it come down to a coin flip, because at the end of the day, you got to give the round to someone. Mm. Um, you got to give some advantage um, and give those concessions to the champion. So yeah, I, I think I say yes in answer to your question. If the fight plays out the same way. You but could, Rob walked in with the belt. I think he walks out with it if right. that if that fight is exactly the same. But well, if it was exactly the same, and we know no fight's exactly the same, but if it was, um, if Rob didn't walk out with the belt, you'd have to question judges. Yeah, and then <clears throat> there'd be an immediate rematch anyway, straight away. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think yeah, you give you give that advantage to the champ for sure. He's got the belt, so it's got to come with some perks. Really, Piera may save. Um, that middleweight division somewhat because the problem you were going to have is you were going to have Adesanya as the champion and the next best is Rob Whitaker and there's a distance between Rob Whitaker and the next best well, after that's him. That's right, that's what I was going to say. Um, I think Whitaker's cleaned out more of the division than Adesanya has. Because um, he's had the harder ones thrown at him. That's right, I said, I said before that you know Adesanya doesn't have the solution to the Pereira puzzle. Well, at the moment, Whitaker doesn't have the solution to that Adesanya puzzle, does he? But he's streets ahead of the third best middleweight. I actually, I somewhat agree with what you're saying with um, Whitaker not having the solution to the well, puzzle. He's, he's lost he's two ser- fights to Adesanya. So. He has, but he's he's probably you would argue stiff in the second one, so he's bridging the gap. 
Well, he's bridging the gap, but he still hasn't found that solution. Mm. And the record books show that. Mm. Um, but you look at him, he's pieced apart. Well, Yoel, Yoel Romero, he pushed him aside. Um, he's taken out Costa. He's made Marvin Vittori look second rate at times. And even the um, job he did on... Um, what's, what's his name? Um... short notice as well um who was that as soon as you say oh gastelum yeah gastelum yeah and he picked gastelum said straight up that i think he said something on the lines of whittaker's that whittaker fight was harder for him was harder than the adesanya one yeah and then you know so we look at the last few guys that have so gastelum fought for the belt cannonier fought for the belt um whittaker's pushed them aside um, I'm not going to say easily, but without too many dramas. Um, yeah, so he's beaten Cannoneer and Vittorio with the next best, Costa. He's just... He's, anyone that's, you know, close to maybe even a title shot, um, Whitaker's taken him out. So he's he's got to be next in line if there's no rematch. And with his wrestling ability... Um, I think he probably takes out um, Pereira, and then and then we. If we... he can stay away from Pereira's um, heavy hands, he'd pick him apart. Yeah, but I think you just you just push forward, you get inside, um, push him up against the fence, take him down, do whatever you got to do, just get inside and avoid the clinch, um, but just wrestle him. And let's be honest. Um, Whitaker's no slouch on the feet either. Like, even in that first fight with Adesanya, he still landed some good shots himself. Yeah, it just unfortunately got caught when he went in that one yeah, that's time. The thing. That's what I was going to say with the Adesanya as well. He, he's a he's a counter-striker. That's when he's at his mm. best. But at the same time, he's at his most vulnerable when you're pushing forward and um, putting him on the back foot. So it's a bit, it's a bit of a game you've got to play with him. Yep. So you rush in to get him on the back foot, but with his counter striking, he's at his most dangerous when he's also at his most vulnerable. So it's a risk versus reward thing. But if you watch though too, when um, they're fighting him, it's really with the counter striking when he's going backwards. It's, it's usually that length it's as well. It's usually the fist, right? Yep. I don't think his opposition used the feet off legs uh, Pereira enough. did. Pereira yeah. started early probably, with the leg kicks. That's probably the yeah. difference, you know. Yep. I think um, using the... Especially when you're backing him up and he's got nowhere to go, yep. should be using your legs. Yeah. So, yeah, Pereira <clears throat> started off with a few leg kicks and then um, Adesanya had a few of his own as well. But he was clearly winning on the feet. Went for the take... I think Pereira went for the first takedown and he ended up on top. But, um, yeah, as I said... If you push forward without a sign, you're on the feet, and you get him on the back foot up against the cage. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. that's when he's at his most vulnerable. But at the same time, 
while you're pushing forward and backing him up before he gets his back against the cage, that's when he's his most dangerous. So to knock him out, you're really putting yourself in big danger of getting knocked out at the same time. It's interesting because I still think um, peak Iceman was probably one of the best counter-strikers I've seen. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I would yeah. argue even the peak, when he's yeah. at his peak, yeah. even better than Adesanya to watch. With um, the yeah, I think <clears throat> it's hard to compare, though, because the sport has evolved mm-hmm. so much. So back then, yes, Liddell, and you can only measure him against the competition mm-hmm. that he had. And Adesanya, you can only measure him against the competition And now. let's be really honest, Liddell only started breaking up the losses once the chin went. Yeah, that's right. That's right, so. but yeah, look, they're, they're probably two of the best counter strikers at MMA scene, definitely. Yeah. All right, so and then we move to Perth in February. Yep. Where we have um, <laughs> the newly crowned champion. Are you going to try and say his name? You not? We just call him by his um, first name, Islam. Okay. Yep. Um, right. And he will be taking on probably, arguably, pound for pound, the best. Uh, fighter in the world well it's funny you say that because if you look at the current pound for pound rankings they're one and two and Volkanovski's number one he should be yep I don't know excuse me I don't know if um, Islam should be number two because realistically I know he's just won the world title but who has he really fought fought? well that's what I was going to say so other than let's be honest a win over Charles Oliveira is a massive deal but until Charles who has he really it is a massive deal so let's take nothing away from that Um, before that though his biggest win would have been Dan Hooker Mm -hmm. Um, and then we get into the likes of Drew Dober and Bobby Green Mm. not really household names or, Mm. or names that at, look, at best, even Dan Hooker himself, at best in the lightweight division, he's a gatekeeper. Mm. I don't think he's quite good enough to contend for the title, mm-hmm. but if you can't beat him, then you've got no business in that title picture either. So, yeah, I think his profile led to him getting that title fight. Yep. Um, and, yeah, he was good enough to win it, so good on him. Well... The other thing is too, and <clears throat> I've read a lot of people saying that the Volkers already lost the fight. There's a lot of people that believe he's already lost the fight, right? But how many times did they say that when he had those fights with um, Holloway as well? And I don't think stepping up in the in weight is going to hurt him because he's a freaking tank anyway. Yeah. Um, but what I I do think he brings to the table, which Islam may have trouble with is if he doesn't stop the Volk, the Volk's going to keep coming for five rounds. Yeah. And I don't think Islam's actually fought against someone that brings that intensity for that length. Well, of and time that's the yet. thing, as we've seen <clears throat> with the Holloway fights, um, fair enough, he won them quite convincingly. Yeah. But there's no let up, is there? He no. just he just comes at you the same pace, the same volume for 25 minutes. And look at the trouble Ortega had trying to submit him. And Ortega's no slouch with with no, the that's submission right. game. And that's <clears throat> and and that's a thing too. Like, Orta- or, 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 Ortega's probably a better grappler and submission fighter. Yeah. Than Islam, but I think Islam's a better wrestler for sure. Yeah. But when it comes to putting the submissions together, um, Ortega's better. 
Um, but uh, he was in deep, deep trouble, Volkanovski, wasn't he? Like he was. He was, it looked like it. Well, he admitted mm-hmm. he was too. He was going blue in the face, yeah. like, and he somehow got out of it. So, um, I don't think I've seen anyone that close to a submission. I did hear and Chael, not tap or get out, I, and then come back and win yeah. the fight. Well, like, I did hear Chael. I think Chael talked about that. So he can um, go into deep, deep waters, and that's the thing. And Chael did say that. The thing, when he was talking a bit about this fight, he believes the thing that Volkanovski brings that will be a problem for Islam is the smaller guys are harder to submit. And what they are... Because they're harder to take down because they're already low gravity anyway. But also, too, you've got to look at Volkanovski's physique. Um, So Islam's a taller and more lean. Mm. And Volkanovski's just thick. So he's going to be so hard to take down. And, and the other thing with Volkanovski that's going to be, I, I believe, is going to be a problem psychologically for Islam. He's got nothing to lose. No, well, that's right. He's definitely not going to be favourite. He's stepping up a division. Yeah, he's got nothing to lose. He doesn't. He, his belt's not on the line. If he loses, Islam's going to be sore and sorry. I, I think. Anyway. That's right, and it's going to be. Um, who, oh, who was I thinking of? Um, oh. Oh, yeah, when Holloway, mm. when Max Holloway stepped up to take on um, for the lightweight belt. Who did he step up to take on for that? But anyway, um, so he was, a similar situation. He was the sitting featherweight champ, steps up mm. to lightweight. And they say, okay, well, we know how good he is at featherweight. Just lightweight's not for him. And he moves back down and no one holds it against him for the loss. And I think that's a similar situation to what Volkanovski is going to find himself in. And, and look, I actually, I actually think if um, the Volks on nice high odds to win, he's worth a punt because the Perth crowd for a starter. Oh, there we go. He fought Dustin Poirier for the interim title. That's right. Yeah. And just, all right, fair enough. He can't hang with the lightweights. That's fine. Go back down and and do what you got to do. But being an ex rugby player, the Volk surely is usually carrying more weight than what he fights at anyway. Yeah. So he might find the he might find the cut easier. Well, potentially, which might help him, because um, I just don't think it's a closed book situation with um, Islam just automatically winning it. No, nah, neither do I. Neither do I. Um, and he's going to be going to be the favourite going into the fight. Probably deserves to be the favourite, but um, yeah, I'm looking forward to this fight. I would for anyone going up a division in weight, fighting for a title, they're always going to be the underdog because yep. the champ deserves to be the favourite, don't they? Oh, absolutely they do, yeah. <clears throat> but, um, you yeah, know, and another, I'll pose another question, which is very left field, um, is who do you believe is the best pound-for-pound pound female um, in the UFC, or in mixed martial arts at the moment? We'll say UFC because most people um, tend to follow There's not that. much in terms of talent outside the UFC the the best yeah. female fighters are in the UFC with the exception of that um, uh, Kayla Harrison yeah that's with over the in um, PFL yeah but she's pretty much playing against can, fighting against cannon fighter but uh, that's good on her really I don't think the UFC are interested in it to be honest um, not at the moment I don't think I no. think they're pretty happy with their state so who the would moment. be the and best she hasn't declared an interest to come across either who would be pound for pound for you um, I I know you're going to say Valentina mm. um, I think Wei Lee or Rose has to be up there 
Mm. Um, what about Nunes? Because um, what what I've noticed is there's a lot of people out in social media world that just dismiss um, Valentina and go Nunes because Nunes has beaten her. Now let's be brutally honest, Nunes probably yeah won the first one easily, well not easily but won it comfortably. But the second one, you, there's a definite argument that um, Valentina got ripped. Uh, potentially, but at the end of the day, it's still a loss, isn't it? So that's all we've got to go off. But the other thing is, though, Valentina's always stepped up for the fight. So sure, surely that's got to be out of the equation when you're talking pound for pound. If, yeah. If, like we say, you know, the Volk goes up, does no good, comes back down, does that affect his pound for pound? Um... <clears throat> I don't think it does. It depends how he how he goes in that fight, I suppose. But I I don't see it really affecting it too much. Yeah, oh, and I and that's my argument too. With that female one, is um, you know, does it really affect Valentina's pound for pound? Um, I don't know. I'm just because there is bubble bubblings um, that they may do number three because of a lack of talent to fight the both of them yeah well there you go so currently if this list I'm looking at is correct um, they got Nunes um, and Shevchenko at one and two so I don't know this has got to be because it's got Carla Esparza at three as well so it's got to be pre so this is a couple of weeks old at least Um, but yeah, Nunez, Nunez and Valentina at the top, and I'd chuck Whaley in there for sure. Yeah, no worries. There you go. Last updated October 25, so about three weeks old. So There you go. Um, what were your thoughts on the Jake Paul versus um, Anderson Silva fight? Uh, I didn't watch I, it. I didn't <clears throat> watch it. I had no interest in it. Um, the only... The only thing that I like about Jake Paul is he keeps every opportunity he has, he calls out Dana White for not paying the fighters. Mm-hmm. And I love that. If he's going to keep fighting and keep doing that, then good on him. Well, he's had he's had a um, he had a bet with Anderson before the fight. And it was something along the lines, of, it was directed at better money for mixed martial arts yep. fighters or UFC fighters. And if um, Anderson had won... They would have another fight, and I think it was going to be mixed martial arts yep. rules. But if Jake won, Anderson has to be president of the the union, union that, that he wants. Jake to... Paul's going to establish. Yeah, I, honestly, <clears throat> I, actually, I hope that happens. I actually think, um, to a degree, Anderson didn't want to win because I think he might want to. Well, do that actually. Um, I, I think <clears throat> the, the biggest issue with Jake Paul going around fighting is. It's his promotion putting up the money and promoting yeah. the fight. So, and I, I saw the ending to that fight just on clips. On mm. did Anderson take a dive? Maybe he did. Oh, look! I'm not saying he took a dive, but I don't think he had the desire to win. I think he was happy to maybe be the but president. Was of he? Union. Did he? Well, that that might be the better <clears> thing. Did he? Did he take a dive? Possibly not. Um, did he have desire? Probably not. Is he 48 years old? Yes, he is. Mm. So maybe maybe they all all mesh mesh together in those sort of um, what we'll say not quite proper boxing matches. Um, Mister Mark Hunt went out with a win. In fact, destroyed Sonny. Oh, 
Sonny yes. Boy. Sonny Bill. Sonny Bill. Um, I've got another question to throw at you on that, but go. Yeah, just, that, was just, that was just a big knockout, wasn't it? Really? That, that's all I was going to add. Um, all I was going to say is that moment early on in the Gallon fight when Hunt hurt Gallon, I don't think Mark really cared about winning. I, no, think, I it, think he did care about winning the Sonny Bill one. Yeah. I'm saying if he had have had the same attitude, Gallon yeah. would have had his first loss against Oh, Mark potentially, Hunt. yeah. I don't think potentially. I think he would have killed him. Um, but, yeah, <clears throat> just... Yeah, I can see what you're saying, but, yeah, yeah, maybe Mark Hunt just wanted to prolong the fight to punish him more. Yeah, I, well, I think um, in that fight, Mark Hunt was having to take his 750k or whatever yeah, it was. But in this one, he wanted to prove, because he's coming off a loss. Yeah. Um, and I think if you look across Mark's hunt whole career, I don't think he tends to he tends to win immediately after a loss. I don't yeah, think he'll, I, I just I think think there's the tail end of his UFC one where he lost yeah, a couple, is, but, but that's about it. When he when he's in his prime, <clears> there's not there's not consecutive losses on his record. And you don't go the distance with Ernest Hoist in kickboxing um, back in the day if you can't kickbox. So Mark no, Hunt was, right. was um, a beast then, in his own way. Then we go back, yeah, you look at his fight with Ray Cepho as well. Mm, and, um, 100%. Many, many good fights. And as we've always said about Mark Hunt, um, the biggest challenge for him in combat sports is his rules. Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. And there's one other thing before we go. I uh, just wanted to mention, there's now talk that now Tyson Fury's come out and said he wants to fight um, Joshua. Joshua again. He's going on about it. Is there really anything to gain by them fighting now? Like, I think it's lost what it had. So I, I was going to say yes, there is something to gain, but I'm going to qualify that by saying it's a bigger deal for Joshua than it is for Fury. It is now. Yeah. Yeah, it is now because. Um, you can absolutely see why Joshua wants that fight. No. But what's what's he got to prove, Tyson? But it's Fury that's coming out saying he wants to fight Joshua now. So that's what's got me um, a little bit uh, confused because there's nothing to gain for um, Fury out of it. The fight they have is to unify all the titles and retire. Um, with Usyk? Yeah. Um, the thing is, so it's a massive... The, the bigger payday is Joshua. That'll be that'll be British boxing's uh, biggest fight uh, ever. If he if it takes place in England, well, this is because Tyson Fury was talking about if it's gonna if it's gonna happen, he goes Wembley. We obviously we're going to Wembley. But he goes we're putting it on free to air TV. We're not doing pay per view. Yeah. Because <coughs> he goes you're gonna you're gonna get a hundred million more views and the advertising revenue and all that sort yeah, of stuff. It'll be if, like the Super a, Bowl. if it's available for it'll free. It'll be like the Super Bowl. Be massive. It'll be absolutely <coughs> massive. And especially in Britain, mm. I think you could imagine that half the population would be watching that, wouldn't they? Yeah, and then you, you yeah. And that's yeah. just in Britain. Then then we look at the, the fight fan community worldwide, the numbers would be absolutely massive. And only because it's free though. Mm. But yeah. not too many people go go and buy the pay-per-views mm. but yeah I, I can see where Fury's coming from for that and that just that probably doubles their fight purse if that happens true and finally Australia now have a four-time world champion in Mr. Jeffrey Fennick now oh, I'm going to try and keep this short and in check I just think when I first saw this I just I was filthy. I thought this is ridiculous. 
Um, if this is the precedent that we're setting, <clears throat> that we we can go back 30 years later, have different judges rescore a fight. Non-Don King judges. On though, their TV. <clears throat> but that, that doesn't matter. <clears throat> on their TV. The, the fight experience for the fan and the judges and everyone involved is completely different ringside live than mm. it is watching it on a screen. Mm. Right? So, where, where does this end now? So, so this fight's been gone back. Re- they've officially changed the decision and the scorecards and whatever. Mm. Where does it end now? Does, can mm. any fighter in history <clears throat> go back and say, I want you to re-look at this one now and rescore it? Mm. What a ridiculous precedent they've set. I, I agree. I agree <coughs> wholeheartedly about that. But I will say... That is the most corrupt decision in the history of boxing that I've seen. May very well be, but the he did everything and, but knock him out. Yeah, and he he. Um, but here's the thing too. And in the fight game, we <clears> know <throat> there's dodgy judges everywhere, mm-hmm. right? Well, there was nearly three of them. That so day. if you want to keep the judges out of it, then finish him. Keep the judges out of it. It's that simple. So, yeah, it's officially been changed to a unanimous... It was a, a, a split decision to a Zuma Nelson initially, wasn't it? Yeah, it was some rubbish like yeah. that. Yeah, but anyway, so it's now been done. But where where does this end now? So this is the precedent that um, the WBC set. The interesting thing was, because um, back then there was a lot of controversy around the Don King uh, productions yep. and that... Interesting, Azuma was Don King's boy. You can't change the history. Oh, no, of the sport. I, I agree, but I'm just saying, just to the context, I can understand what's driven it. I don't necessarily agree with the outcome, mm-hmm. but um, it was very typical of the time. If oh, you, it if was. You were but Don everyone King's knew boy, that. Everyone mm. knew that. Mm. Um, and Jeff would have known that going into the fight. He's going, if I don't knock him out, mm. I'm not going to get the decision. He would have known that. Yeah, it's, it's sort of sad that you know. You'll have some people say, finally, the right out, right outcome. Others will be like yourself and just say, you know, it shouldn't have happened. Um, but uh, it just makes me think. I just really wonder how good Fennec would have been without the chalky hands, really. The guy was just phenomenal. And, yep. look, if Jeff's happy to take it and um, accept it, I'd say good luck to him. Oh, look, I, from his perspective, yeah, fair enough. Mm. He'll accept it and, you know, he'll take the accolades that go with mm. that. But as I said, the experience different mm. ring saw, is different ringside than it is watching it even the next day yeah. on TV. Um, and there's always going to be... With the amount of money, and it's going to get to a point in the UFC as well, if it's not there already... Um, when the amount of money that a fight can generate like boxing, you open yourself up. The more money that's involved, the bigger the chance for corruption is. Yeah, no, um, And that's always going to be the case. So you're never going to get rid of that corruption. <coughs> and just having decisions like this, <coughs> just ridiculous. Where does it end now? So any fighter that's ever fought under the WBC can now go back and challenge them yeah. to rescore because they've set the precedence. Yeah. So it's it's absolutely ridiculous to me. I think a bigger blight on the boxing than that is um, all these ex-champions like Ricky Hatton coming back into an exhibition games. Oh fights. yeah, how old Ricky Hatton? He's got to be in his fifties, doesn't he? Uh, if he's not, 
he'd be close. He was a, he was a good eight years younger than um, Zoo when they had their fight that um, he beat Sue in. Oh no, he's only forty four <laughs> apparently. He's a yeah. a battle worn forty four. Oh, he is. Um, he's very. I honestly thought he would be a lot older than. How old's Costa Zoo? Because I reckon Zoo's about eight years older than him. Yeah, I just <clears throat> that surprises me that he's seemingly that young. Because yeah, um, Zoo was significantly older. When yeah, they, so Zoo's fifty three. So yeah, nine nine, nine years. years. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I just <clears throat> I'm sick of these exhibition matches. Like, yeah, no, they're ridiculous. They're just paydays. They're obviously they're, they're nearly on as hard bad. Times. They just want that yeah. cash grab, and they're nearly as bad as um, the bloody gallon fights. Yeah, you know, and the Jake Paul fights. Yeah, what, what's the point? They're exhibition <clears throat> fights. They're not. They're not officially sanctioned fights. They're That's just right. exhibition fights. So. I, I don't right. see what they're achieving. They just they need the money, but surely there's better ways to do it. And Ricky Hatton, he's been in some absolute barn burners in his time. Like he's copped a lot of punches in the head already, and, and now he's coming back at 44 to do in, it again. And in the zoo fight when he did beat Zoo, he's just lucky he got an old zoo because if he had have got a um, younger zoo, it would have been a different result. Oh, as you know, my my favourite <laughs> fighter of all time is Costa Zoo. Let Let's not confuse favourite fighter with who I think is the best fighter. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Costa Zoo just, oh. as, as a kid for me, watching Costa Zoo, that was amazing. Peak Costa Zoo. <coughs> peak Costa Zoo was better to watch than peak um, Mayweather. Yep. So here we go. So <clears throat> Ricky Hatton's last fight was almost exactly 10 years ago, 24th of November, 2012. And here we are, 16th of November, 22. So 10 years since he's had a fight. And I don't know how closely anyone's followed. He's not had an easy time in those last 10 years. There used to be... He's fallen on hard times. He's been well out of shape, seen some dark times. So good on him that he's got himself back to a place to do this, but I don't think it's the right decision. Well, I'll, I'll just, I've just got to look up um, Ricky to see what it was. But um, Ricky Hatton was made an appearance because you know how um, on... On like ABC for kids and that, there's a lot of British shows for kids that are yeah. made, right? There was one, there was a show um, many years ago. Oh, it's not going to tell us what it was. Um, and it's like this do- little puppet dog, and he bookaboo, it was called, right? And yeah, so okay. they have a celebrity on it every time to read a book. Well, I'll let you know a little secret. The time Ricky Hatton was on it. I absolutely wanted to rip my hair out at the way he read the book. That's how punch oh, drunk that he was. Bad, yeah, was it? it was it was horrendous. So yeah. um yeah, totally totally get it. Now there's one fight, I think it's the third of December, isn't it? Where the blonde bomber's defending a title? Uh yeah. I'm Against... not sure on the exact date, but I know it's not far <clears throat> far away. Yeah, I think it's the third of December. Um and she's fighting the other Australian girl. Uh, which a lot of saying the blonde bomb is in a lot of trouble. Yeah, but they said that going into her um, title fight where she won. So, uh, so Shannon, she's fighting Shannon O'Connell that's yes. right. That's the 10th. So you're a week, tenth. Yeah, you're a week early. Week, week. I knew it was December. And she's defending her IBF. I can't, I can't, can't begrudge her for uh, going early with Ebony Bridges. <laughs> Funny man. But that's going to be in Leeds. Um, yeah, because she's, I think, she's, she's got a contract with Design though, I think. So. But she's permanently yeah. moved over there. But yeah, she's, I'm pretty sure she's got a contract with Design. so. She'll be defending her IBF female bantamweight title against Shannon O'Connell. And a lot of saying O'Connell will take her to school. Well, what's um, Ebony's record? Is she 8-1, I think? Eight, yeah, that's definitely one loss. 
Um, but Dan O'Connell's lost two by knockout and four by decision. Yeah, but she's on a pretty handy win streak, though. So when was so her last loss was five years ago. Yeah, but then I look. Unfortunately, so I must... there we go. She's on an <clears throat> eight fight winning streak. So that's uh, nothing to be sneezed at. Uh, but that saying that, I can't say I know much about the depth of um, boxing, and it looks like. Women's boxing. Yeah, and that, that, that's the same with Bridges, though. Like, um, the, the depth and of talent isn't always there. But, but they're looks, not going to turn down fights. But, either. yeah, but, but it's looking like O'Connell's... Most of her fights have been against Australian other, girls. Other Aussies, yeah. Yeah, which makes me think that potentially the quality that um, Ebony's well, fought against that, might be a little right, bit better. <clears throat> Ebony's fought a lot of... Um, international fighters. Yeah, correct. Europe and that, except, to be honest. So, yeah. anyway, I reckon we've probably bored our listeners enough on combat sports, but we thought we'd put together a um, combat sports-specific uh, one, and this is what we've put together, and I hope you enjoy it. And I must say, Woody's wearing his Borussia Mönchengladbach Glad back top, um, part of the uniform when we record. Unfortunately, I'm still dressed from the office, so I'm not wearing mine, and I'm sure Jeremy hasn't purchased one yet. No, so. it'd be unlikely that he has, but hopefully things change. Pretty ordinary chap, that and guy, sometimes. <laughs> fresh off a win over Borussia Dortmund, too. So oh, They beat Dortmund? Yeah. They beat Dortmund. What was the scoreline before um, we hit the road? It was comfortable. <clears throat> I think it was 4-2 off the top of my head. But Dortmund have lost a lot of players in recent times to other clubs, haven't they? Yeah, it was 4-2. There we go. That was correct. So the Mighty Foles get up 4-2 in what was the rainbow match, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. So exciting. Yeah, don't go down that path. Anyway, so we will be handing over this recording to Joshua Watson to do his wonderful editing yet again. And we will hopefully have this podcast out very, very soon. So from me, it's a huru. And see you later from me.